take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. So, uh, Joseph, how are you, sir? Hey, What's up? Not much, man. So, tell you a little story. I was actually listening to a podcast, I want to say about two weeks ago, uh, where the interviewee was Mr. Nathan Lane. Huh? And he was talking about uh, doing like a TV pilot, I want to say in the early 80s or late, late, I think it was early 80s, mid 80s, somewhere in that time period there. Did a TV pilot uh, with himself and uh, Dana Carvey. And uh, the great uh, Mickey Rooney on mm-hmm. board, and and what kind of a a lunatic Mickey Rooney was, and that sort of you know just his overt enthusiasm. He was going to this was going to make them rich. That was like kind of what he kept. That was his mantra throughout it all. And it kind of made me sort of re-examine Mickey Rooney, which is what we're going to be uh, going into today. What do you think? Okay, yeah. So so Mickey Rooney. Well, he had a. Yeah, by the by the nineties or early two thousands, mm-hmm. he had a like a Jake LaMotta relationship with his wife, and by that mm-hmm. I don't mean that he batted her around because by the time yeah. Jake LaMotta <laughs> died, it was the opposite. Right. He had like a, some forty two year old wife. He was mm-hmm. like ninety six, and he uh, I think Regis Philbert has this currently like has a, a wife who just sort of like oh, just sort of shuffles him around from mm-hmm. TV station to TV station, and mm-hmm. Mickey Rooney died. Um, uh, very poor. Yeah, like I think his estate was valued at about like a fifteen, no, eighteen grand or something like that. Yeah, insanity. Yeah, super poor. He was uh, throughout his life. I mean, the thing I liked about what, what kind of made me sort of reflect on Mickey Rooney is what a kind of a you know worst case scenario of child actor who just kept going and kept having to work. So like he had a career that spanned like just a god awful amount of time. Yeah. But he needed it because he just was a person not raised to make any good choices. He was what divorced like he was married what like eight times or something like that. And apparently he was a degenerate gambler. So it was always he was always having to work to try to keep going. And then at the end he just ran out of th- he just ran out of money. When you say he was raised um you know immediately my mind goes goes to like Macaulay Culkin when you say he was raised to not make good choices are you referring to something specific about his parents his Hollywood parents no 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 more like he was he was so uh, such a big star at such an early age he was half raised by Louis B. Mayer and how's that going to help you make fucking good choices with your life People did it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, of course, the classic sort of counter, uh, not counterpoint, parallel is, is Judy Garland. Also, of course, right? right. Well, and of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were partners in so many movies. I mean, there, there, there's a genuine parallel there as well. Yeah, sure. I thought for the longest time, I thought that they were married for some reason. I, I kind of think I kind of had that notion too at some no, point. No, they were yeah. not married. No, they were not. In fact, they were. They never had a sexual relationship, according to uh, according to the mixture. You know who did have a sexual relationship with Judy Garland <laughs> when she was 14? Oh, okay. Let me take that laugh back. Thanks, Joe. You fucking dick. You set and me he up. he was a mere 36. Huh? Uh, oh. May-December romance between this 36-year-old box office giant <laughs> and 14-year-old pre- um, Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. Okay. No big deal. Something you'd mention to people, I think, without I'd... fear of reprisal. Okay, please. Just fucking mention it already. Well, uh, Spencer Tracy. It's Spencer Tracy. Shut up, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, god damn. Well, he was a very good-looking man, but I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not surprising, I guess. He's getting but. like fucked by the map of Ireland. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Tracy, what a fucking Because Spencer Tracy really wasn't just thirty six. He was he was he was a thirty six year old thirty six for sure. They want to unpack that one for me? Yeah, he wasn't one of those he wasn't one of he was one of those people who was kind of professionally old even when he was young. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I thought another misperception I had about Spencer Tracy, who we're not doing today, but he'll factor in at some point, is that he, um, I thought for some reason he was a terrible, terrible alcoholic who then became, who took like the cure and then, um, uh, occasionally had like a beer. The story I always oh, had was that he wow. had like a beer. Um, once in a while, and apparently he was raging in cycles his whole life. Yeah, yeah, his whole life. Like my my understanding is that he would like he would literally rent a hotel room and like sit in the bathtub drinking scotch, just, yeah. just downing it and vomiting all over himself. Yeah, get out of there, Spence. We got a movie to make, and then somebody would come in and like shower, hose him down, and make him go be an actor for a while. But why would people? Why would women, especially? I mean, it's a codependent thing, I guess. But he had these um, torrid affairs. With um, Ingrid Bergman? Yeah. With Joan Crawford? Well, I think Joan Catherine Crawford. Hepburn's got to be the one that really sort of, like, kind of goes against that particular grain, right? You know, like the like the, the, the epitome of the strong independent woman in the Hollywood scene, right? Yeah, you would think so, except that she had these weird relationships, too, with, like, Howard Hughes. And, mm, yeah. you know, she wasn't necessarily everything we thought she was. I don't know. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? It's not about... Not about Spencer Tracy, Tom. That's right. What are you doing, John? About the mix, hijacking it, going back to the, going back to the room. Um, the right, rooster. So, all right. So yeah, he had like a 70, 70 year career, something like that. God I mean, it was incredible. I mean, guy. literally started off inside. He's the he's the, the last surviving great star of the silent era, <laughs> and he was acting in like the nineties. Was he part of the silent era? Yeah, yeah, as a child actor. Like, apparently, I, I did a little bit of reading, just um, you know, a little bit, Wikipedia and points thereafter. Um, and wow. apparently, like, the, his first his first show, he was 17 months old. Uh. His parents were vaudevillians, and they they, put, they made a little outfit for him to wear on stage. Yeah. Well, and, by like, the, just, he just kept going. By the um, by the late 30s, or, or he, he ranked number um, 11, ahead of Spencer Tracy as highest grossing actors of the 30s. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. The thing about it, like he was he was the real fucking deal for a long time. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean he was a huge actor. He was a, he was a star. You know, let's we we need he was we need star. an Irish we need an Irishman here. Well, Spencer Tracy's off vomiting in a tub somewhere. All right, get the young looking one, Mickey Rooney. Boom. Put well, him see, in. that's the thing about Mickey Rooney is um, I, 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 this doesn't necessarily fly in the face of what you just said, but like he's a child actor who's huge in the 30s and then let's say the 40s as a young actor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then to me by the time the 50s come around and certainly late 50s and into the 60s he's a third build or fourth build oh, actor. he's totally a character actor at that point yeah yeah, yeah i mean with the occasional foray into being uh you know into into being a lead in a movie but yeah. he's he never gets that success back you know the the, the reason i mean the, the reason that's bandied about about that of course is that he's five, he was five foot two the moment he could, the moment he couldn't pass for a young person, he was fucked. Yeah, and after I guess that, so. it was you'd have to, you actually had to work for a living at that point. I guess so. All right, so let's talk about um, the first of the films we want to attribute to Mickey Rooney, and that's 1938's Boys Town. Boys Town. Yep. Go ahead. Let's go. 
Wow, it's uh, it's a movie about boys in a town. Now there's a there's a place in uh, just outside of Omaha, Nebraska, called Boys Town, and it was founded by this father Flanagan, and th- this is actually true in real life. And so, this is meant as a uh, biopic. Is that the way to say it? Yep. Okay. This is meant as sort of a biopic of that the founding of Boys Town, uh, starring Spencer Tracy, and uh, as the uh, as the father Flanagan, of course, and then the. Uh, the tough, the, the the toughest nut to crack of all the boys in Boys Town is being played by by Mickey Rooney. You know, okay, there's a couple of things that I think are kind of interesting about this film. One of the things is that it is um, very clearly to me not just about Boys Town, but it's about 1930s America and our, um, I guess, socialism. I mean, it, to me, it strikes me as really, right. really interesting that this film it, it, it pits um, the philanthropy mm-hmm. of of Boys Town and Father Flanagan, right, or Father Flanagan supporters, um, against um, big business who does not want it to happen or doesn't think it could happen, or what's the return on it happening? Mm-hmm. And the, the return is the sort of the social return. Well, okay, so there is that, but I would say it's it's very specifically not communistic or uh, socialist in nature, except insofar as it's good Christian. It's really it's re- this is really a, uh, a Catholic. I would say in a lot of senses, this is a uh, this would be a Catholic. Um, Propaganda piece is what it want, what I, what I think it is at heart. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's that. I too. mean, in, I in, in the, the sense that the, the in the, the sense that the that the Catholic Church is trying to you know uh, you know better people socially. You know, it has its programs for bettering people socially. I guess you could call that socialist in nature, but I don't know. I think it's but it's the businessman, the successful businessman, who has the obligation. Is the point? It's not. It's not oh, about. Yeah. It's. It has some sort of like Capra esque qualities to it. And uh-huh. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right. but instead of like you know um, every every boy in America sending in ten cents and like look, we've raised a million dollars for whatever. Right. It's really it's directly hitting on the successful business person. Oh right, right, and then saying that there are consequences for you to having these kids be you know uh, scamps on the street there. You know uh, the young ruffians and criminals. <laughs> I do like the fact that the. Uh, like his first big donors is the is the the, the world's only pawn shop owner with a heart of gold. I've never, yeah. <laughs> never seen that before anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, but also it's it's not just that. It's also um, and there are several you know figurative moves in this this film about um, who who you should write off. I mean, and that's right. uh, that's very obvious in terms of like Boys Town itself, but also like. You know the the physically the weak person physically, right. or um, a, a ham-handed attempt at like the the diversity of like religious identities. Oh, yeah, right, right, of course. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, okay. So Father Flanagan. Um, yeah, he's like he's the epitome of the Catholic good man. He's a priest in the Catholic Church, and he's all about you know doing his best by you know stopping people from ending up in the electric chair by by doing something about their circumstances as a child. With his motto being "There are no bad boys," which is not true. But well, so it takes on this is another thing about the '30s that I want to mention is it's about social reform. Mm-hmm. So like if you look at 1934's like Manhattan melodrama with Clark Gable and and William Powell or. Um, more closely aligned, a, a film we should do, uh, Angels with Dirty Faces, and that's Pat O'Brien and James Cagney. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of like, um, uh, how can I, how can I keep kids from from going bad? But how can I use the ones who have already gone bad? Um, how can I, how can they contribute? All right, mm-hmm. um, to sort of warning the youth. Right, right, right. In right, a right. way, right. So right. it's it's like you know, it starts off with this um, Father Flanagan. 
somehow being led into a jail cell, which the warden has been talking to a condemned man and passing him like a pint of vodka for some reason because he asked for it. And presumably this guy had been a a child that he had known back in the neighborhood who was thus failed by the system and ended up here on death row. And and Father Flanagan's going to, yeah, exactly. So he's going to revisit it, but he's also going to use his death as this... um, you know, whatever motivation to, yeah. to start Boys Town, right. and also like you know, everything in this film has uh, like a, a guy is condemned to death, telling the newspaper people like what for, and and them listening like my God, no one's ever given it to this before. Um, <laughs> Maybe we, I should be a nice person. We had something hell? to do with this, you right, know, right, our right. reporting, and, and and so you know, I don't know. That's what I mean. I mean, it's a very I I, I think. If the term had been around, then I would call it a social justice movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the reason I like it, instead of finding it very irritating, is it's decontextualized from to the 1930s. Right. Yeah. So I can look at it as like an artifact and go like, well, you know, here's where it's ham-handed, but here's why I accept it somehow. Right, right. There I, was one black uh, child. You could see one black child bouncing around the back at, the, uh, at Boys Town. Uh, no, there were two black no, were, I Sorry, I missed the other one. I, oh, you I, didn't I, miss I, have the other one. T- I have a hard time seeing color. That's you didn't miss the other one at all, but we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You'll, you'll remember when I bring it up. All right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> I know where of you speak now. Okay, yes. yeah. So, so, okay, so oh, Mickey 30s. Rooney is the tough kid. You know, so he's, he's the one kid that, like, can't, you can't crack his nut, right? And it's like, you know, for some, you know. Yeah, by, the way, he's, by the way, he's like, he's like, cartoony 1930s gangster as a child tough. I don't know how else to That's put the it. Pro- like, See, the problem, he's dancing around like a jet. Everything, everything about Mickey Rooney and his acting and his character should be up, just not acceptable. No. I mean, just accept this. Everything else is ratcheted up so much that you kind of accept him in the context. Even Spencer Tracy, who pl- who usually does an even hand of acting, is over the top as like there's yeah, no such thing as a bad, a bad boy. boy. Oh, and I'm these, just giving candy these to children kids <laughs> who are like ruffians from the street who immediately, upon being loved, have changed their ways hmm. and and you know become part of this organized structure in the government just of brand their little angelic hearts out. And to the that Lord. goddamn kid Pee Wee, <laughs> I want to poke in the face with a fucking hot iron he uh-huh. is obnoxious yes obnoxiously sweet yeah, that is to say yeah, so when mickey rooney comes along and he's upsetting. he's flipping a nickel and he's saying hey no one pushes me around <laughs> like he's sort of somehow you accept it in the context of the film and so i don't know what to say it's a weird comment i just well, I was the watching film lowers your expectations so much <laughs> that it becomes enjoyable he's like but just the fact that he's like he's got this mincing tough guy thing that we can yeah. like even today like if he did that in high school today somebody would go faggot like it's just, yeah, i guess you're right it's I'm, just like not tough at all except it was that time's version of what tough looked like i guess I that's what's weird about some of those times it's sort of like the blackboard jungle the glenn ford thing <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like 80 percent of it's like what that's yeah. not tough but 20 percent of it actually is a little menacing right, right, and right. so these kids have like the, the edge of menace to them yeah and maybe that's because they were living in the 1930s when the country was a fucking shithole, <laughs> like, a, like a suicidal disaster maybe yeah. it's just sort of method acting in a weird way um, but you know uh, the film. It's nothing as much as surprising about like the arc of the film, right? The mm-hmm. bad boy who will be turned around and who will see that he's actually needs to be loved as well. Right. Um, and and so it's it's an affirmation of maybe maybe religious you know inclinations toward the culture, mm. uh, maybe um, a, a, a hint of socialism, mm-hmm. a little bit of the social justice warrior stuff or social justice stuff because it, you know direct references made 
um, to another American who was basically disabled, <laughs> yes. who somehow rose to the ranks. They, they brought Franklin up Franklin Delano, Delano Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yes. Um, so there's all, all recent president elect. Yeah. So in that sense, it's it's not a story that's very interesting, except in historical terms. It's the little stuff. To me, it's it's the way. The way they handle who originally I thought I had to look at check my dates. That Jewish kid I thought was Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. Really, I, he just sort of looked like it, but he's oh, not. I mean, oh. he's oh, like thirty years too uh, young. <laughs> okay. I, I quickly realized, but but um, the way that um, they they fuck with each other in terms of race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole sort of like gag with the blackface, which I don't want to say much uh, more about, yeah. is is kind of embarrassing, of course. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's like it actually. And lands a little humanity in the whole thing because otherwise it's it's too disnified. Yeah, well, and it is. Yeah, it's it's really disnified. I guess uh, one thing I, I do want to point out: we were talking. I think I mentioned this to you like last week, and so this is kind of an interesting. I didn't realize there was any connection. I was talking uh, last week. There's this conspiracy thing about the Franklin cover-up. Remember that? No. It's this childhood uh, prostitute uh, sex uh, ring. Um, the for uh, across it, the, it was back in the back in the late eighties. Oh, was happening and it was happening based around the, uh, this uh, this ring in out of Omaha, Nebraska. I didn't realize that Boy Town, Boys Town, was supposedly central, like a hub, yeah. for the whole thing. So yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was just, had just been sort of listening to it and hearing about it, and then watching this movie. And this is like like the gentle the gentle founding of Boys Town yeah. right here. So well, that's another one. It's it's if uh, you're into conspiracy theories and the Franklin cover up, this would be like some cool background. I research. don't think it was me you were talking to about that, but but uh, there was a, a, another incident in 2015 with a, a sex scandal at Boys Town. Mm-hmm. Now there's a Boys Town I can get behind. And also, I was thinking, I, I really can't talk... Well, I don't know if they let you behind them, Joe. I can't, I can't give any details about this because of, of um, confidentiality, but in, in grad school, I worked as a, in a nut house for um, mm. adolescents. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that kind of nut, Tom. And uh, gross, Ugh. man. Jesus, man. Oh. Have some respect. Talk about a Franklin ring. Have some respect for your own job. <laughs> anyway, um, I just just uh, speaking very, very broadly, it's like it strikes me that once you get to a place like Boys Town or this place that I worked at, so many fucked up things have happened to you. That's another thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what angels these kids were, no right? No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these kids were fucking each other in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, Franklin mm. ring. Anyway, um, oh, I liked the film, and I felt kind of goofy for liking it, like yeah. like um, I'd been duped or something. And I suppose that's, kind of, that's sort of a guilty pleasure quality. It is a guilty pleasure say. quality. I kind of yeah, dug right. it. It's mm-hmm. got a weird ending. I, I don't understand. You know, when when uh, I mean, I'm giving nothing important away when I say at the end, um, uh, Mickey Rooney, uh, who plays Whitey, kind of runs off. Oh, that's his uh, name, by the way, Whitey. Yeah, I know. And, and also, you know, yeah, he runs off, and um, there's a set of circumstances where Father. Uh, um, Father Flanagan. Flanagan. Flanagan, sorry. And and the boys of Boys Town. The boys of Boys Town go after. <laughs> go they, after they form a mob. Well, they go after Whitey, but I th- I thought, well, they're going to rescue him from the situation. Turns out they wanted to beat the shit out of him. But but then but the, did this capture your attention? Father Flanagan mm-hmm. catches up with them. And and he says, uh, "I see what you boys are after. Let me join you." And he goes to join him, and you realize, oh, he's just joined joining the mob to like beat Whitey. Yeah, 
Yeah. Beat Wadi. How many times have I heard that? <laughs> <laughs> Not as many as you probably should. That's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. So I, I was a little confused. At like, what What the fuck? Fly, you know? Yeah, I did too. I had the same, that same little bit of confusion. Like, are they gonna, so they're going to go rescue Whitey because, but then, no, they didn't like him at that point. So, right. Yeah, and, gonna be, and then there's a, a turnaround at the end. And, and I guess Spencer Tracy's like, I better lead this shit or they're going to kill me. <laughs> no. By the way, that, that kid. Um, Who's the little uh, Pixweek uh, uh, Pippy? What's the fucking annoying kid's name? Little oh. mush face, fart on your nose kid. Yeah, that guy. That kid. Yeah. He apparently was run over by a car in the, in the real story. He's a real character. Was run over by the car. Uh-huh. He's just used his death for some sort of plot point. What? <laughs> yeah. ah, I don't like this movie anymore. What the hell? <laughs> it's the yeah, world's most saccharinely ador- uh, adorable child. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't look too closely at this movie, and it's fine. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Now nah. now let's move on, sir. Yeah. Let's. Nineteen fifty four. Now that's the year I, when I think of nineteen fifty four, and I think of Mickey Rooney as I often do mm-hmm. in combination. I of course think of Mickey Rooney in that great role he plays with. Um, Robert Strauss and William Holden and Grace Kelly and Bridges of Tokori, where mm-hmm. he plays the um, guy in the Navy who rescues... Um, yeah, rescue helicopter guy, yeah. Yeah, but he wears a top hat. Yes. Some sort, I don't know, some sort of stupid gimmick. Um, but that same Irish year, people have to be Irish no matter the context of it. Is top hat an Irish thing, by the way? Uh, I think it's meant to be in this case. I, don't, oh, okay. I can't really answer um, for that. So, he also had a scarf. Like, no, I thought on. you had some sort of top no, hat no, no, knowledge. Like, history. history. Top hat like, history with Tommy. Uh, yeah. So, so um, he uh, uh, later gets a starring role mm-hmm. in the movie you picked out, 1954's. Drive a Crooked Road. Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about All right. It. Now, first off, uh, this is a uh, this is very classically a noir. It's one of the better, I think it's one of the better examples of that. Yeah. In a sense. Um, in that it is fucking, it's nothing but bleak. <laughs> like it it well, doesn't give you any sort of like, it doesn't It doesn't let up much at all throughout this Okay, movie. here's, now, I'm going to say something, but... but um, oh, finally. <laughs> Oh, Pee Wee was a kid's name. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Uh, I started the film and thought, ooh, here comes some noir. And then I feel like it never got to noir. I, there was almost nothing noir about it. What? Yeah, but 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 no, no, let me just say this. I'm going to say this ahead of time. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this movie was fantastic. It's a good movie. I totally... Fantastic. Yeah, I, 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 uh, other than there being a bank robbery, which doesn't even take up much of it. No. No, uh, I, I saw this movie at a, noir to me. I saw I saw this movie at a noir fest in SF. Uh, what was the, it doing in that festival? About seven, eight years ago. Who it's, it, it's very classically <laughs> a noir. I don't know what the in hell way, you're talking in what about. Noir? Like, walk me through it. Well, it's it's got the character. It's got it's got the character oh, it's who's the character. being well, sort of. Convinced. Just kidding. Go ahead. I don't know, we can keep talking here, buddy. Come on, I do it. No, it has the character who's being sort of led down this trail and betrayed, like the the full betrayal of it. I mean, that's just kind of, uh, it, it just has, it's noir. I don't know how else to say I, but I mean, I mean, well, God, take us back to our sci-fi conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, mean, maybe is, is, dangerous the, liaisons, uh, uh, is, the, is the lighting, is the lighting the problem for you or, or how does that work? I mean, it doesn't have the classic sort of noir lighting. It's, it's, it's much lighter than most noirs for sure. That's definitely. I mean, I just right. don't it's like... The, it's, the man, it's the man being betrayed, particularly by a femme fatale. I mean, holy shit. Like, by a woman who's very cl- very classically a femme fatale, for sure. Even though, at the end, she kind of fucks it up. Well, see, that's another part. I don't know. Maybe I need... Yeah, but definition. it doesn't help him. It ruins him further. Like, no, but I think... I don't think she the, switches at the end. She was always uh, hesitant. 
uh-huh. about that. So I, so that's the thing. I mean, that's what I kind of liked about her character. Is yeah, that, but by, by, by coming out of it, she also, like, drives him straight into the, you know, right into the, she fucks him hard right there. Like, you know, thinking she's being kind to him. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what this movie is. Yeah, right? let's do that. Okay, so Mickey Rooney is very, is, he's a loser. Uh, he lives, uh, like, in Malibu or something like that, but he's a, he's an auto mechanic and a talented race car driver. He wants, that's what, that's what he wants to be. Ultimately, he wants to be a race car driver, but he lives in a, you know, he lives in a, in a, like a boarding house situation. He has no contact with people in any social sense who aren't the pigs that he works with at the guitar, uh, the guitar yep. at the garage, mm-hmm. uh, who are well, they do who are ups. characteristic, <laughs> who are characteristic. Uh, well played, Justin. Thank you. Uh, who are like characteristically 1950s male pigs? Like, <laughs> they're, like yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're raw. I don't know. They just they are, no, we're, we're, like just like just guys, guys face squished to a goddamn window every time a woman walks yeah, by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Just masturbate, will you? 50s, yeah, I come guess, on. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, his What a great role for him and how well he played it because um, how difficult it is to play in an interesting way someone who has no connection to humanity. Not as a bad, not a sociopath, yeah, 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 yeah. not a psychopath, but you don't, even, a lonely, you don't, you don't even suspect man. that he's a good person because... Yeah. There's not even enough. He doesn't even give you enough, and it's not a failing. It's it's like he's really, really playing a, a, a like in a minimal quality, yeah. so you understand how little he thinks he has to give to the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and his, his one dream is one day maybe to get to Europe and race in one of the big, you know, Le Mans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, And so what happens is these guys who want to knock over a they, they want to knock over a bank. They need a they need a professional driver to get them away. It's old. What's his name from uh, everything? Every movie ever made in the fifties, including creatures. In the Black Lagoon and uh, the creature, yes, the, the creatures the, there. It's really weird. Of the pickled people. What's that movie? Um, <laughs> the body snatchers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember the actor. Honestly, I don't it's know. I was well, I was too busy being captivated by the woman and Mickey Rooney's performance. And yeah. this, although he does a great job too, he's like super he slick. And what do you do? He's putting together a bank robber. He needs a driver. Yep. He has his mole, his uh, his gangster mole, um, yep. seduce young Mickey Rooney, bring him love for the very first time in his life, yep. in order to entrap him into into doing this, into driving for them. Yeah. Now, by the way, here's the weakness um, in the plot about the bank robbery mm-hmm. that they do in Palm Springs mm-hmm. is. There is nothing that seems necessary about Mickey Rooney or the plan they make. It, it's a and it's a, it, it's an insanely stupid. It, it's like um, we need to drive 112 miles an hour because we figured it out that at 17 minutes they'll put a roadblock up. That's the average roadblock time that they right. run up. And like, like what? What the fuck yeah, are you talking about? Like, like, company no takes sense that. at all. But let's just grant that that's a possibility oh, that they have yeah, that no, sort I mean, of thing. Yeah. By the way, I love the fact Spension that like, they, they, they estimate it's going to take 20 minutes for one of the bank. So the, the the guy the plan is to knock out the bank uh, manager and yeah. tie him up, and they've got about 20 minutes uh, before like the first the next employee shows up. And finds him, and then the alarm will go out, right? right? And I think on the news broadcast later on, and exactly twenty minutes later, like oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it was just kind of sloppy. No, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. a ridiculous thing. So, but yeah, but but they need a professional driver who can go down this crazy uh, bad. Uh, Again, uh, this windy country road as fast as possible because they need to get to a point B and within 20 minutes of the robbery so that they don't get yeah. roadblocked. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's the essence of it, and that's why they need to bring him into it. And like, I gotta say, here's the thing: the, the, the tell me if I'm tell me if you agree with me on this, but the car, the uh, the part where he's driving, kind of hair raising. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty well done. Well, uh, yes and no. Here's the problem with you some couldn't of see those... him over the wheel, but yeah, <laughs> some of those old films. Here's the problem: is it's very 
high speed in old movies, let's say up until like 1960, mm. is harrowing until they show the speedometer. And you're, uh, it's because back then, it, I guess, apparently, it was like, if we can get this baby up to 80, we'll be like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, right. Like yeah. they talk about, like, maybe getting, if he can work on this engine for months, he can get up, up past 100. Right, right. Which he does. He does. He, he does. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. Even though the speedometer goes well past 100, which which presumes that it would probably be able to do that anyways. The 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 bank robbery part is is not a That's huge like an, part of the movie, like an and it's only an excuse, I think, for the relationship part, which to me is why I, there's nothing about this that, that says noir to me. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about a relationship. Um, it's about this character and about this woman who doesn't actually want to have a relationship with him, but, but ends up kind of having a relationship with him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she ends up caring, which is, uh, that's a big problem. Well, she cared to begin with. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. That, that also doesn't qualify to me for the noir thing. She's not turned around. Right. She, she has feelings from the beginning. Right. I mean, not feelings for him, but like a feeling human being. She's, yeah. Guilt. Yeah. That's it. Guilt. Um, so yeah, I just don't think it qualifies as noir, but but I do. But but that's just a small. I mean, this is the agreement that we have about categorization. I think we both like what happens in the movie. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. Well paced. Yeah. What a great acting job by Mickey and, Rooney. And it's Mickey Rooney too. Now the you, next you think about it. Like okay, so at, at the time period, like he could have like tried to be a tough guy in this movie. Yeah. And that would have been a disaster. Yeah. He didn't. He played it like you said very minimally. Like this is a, this is a guy with like I think he wore himself out because as a kid, <laughs> he's just a loser. He, and that's good because as a kid um, actor, he was constantly being the tough guy. Remember National Velvet? He was the tough jockey yeah. who had some weird sort of mystery. Mm-hmm. Boys Town, he's a tough whitey who can't be cracked. So he's worn out from playing tough guys, which is good because by the time he's an adult in the 50s. He looks like, yeah, he looks like a certain local comedian we know at this point. I don't know. Who kind, of, kind of a doughy character. Um, no, but, no. <laughs> but, but he, no, it, okay, go on. but, but, but they could have easily sort of like, um, defaulted to that. Well, we'll have him be a tough guy to make up for it. And I think he probably was just so sick of it. Like good, because now he becomes an interesting actor. Do you yeah. remember his episode mm-hmm. in the twilight zone where he was a jockey? No, I don't. There was a jockey and he was out of work and, mm-hmm. and he was an alcoholic jockey and no one would work with him anymore. And, and people pushed him around. So he gets a wish granted. And he's like, I want to be big. And he becomes like oh. an eight foot guy. And then of course he gets the call. We, we want to we get back on the horses. <laughs> <laughs> he's carrying the horse. And then he's in, in 63. He's in Requiem for a Heavyweight. Ah, oh, good movie. I mean, he's playing. So great at that point. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a good actor, it well, turns he's out. He's really sort of owning the, the, the well, yeah, he's really sort of owning the, uh, um, what do you call that? The character actor thing at that point. Yeah, I guess like he's, so. he's one of that's one of his best roles. Drive a crooked, uh, crooked drive a crooked road. Drive a crooked road. Uh, crooked road is, um, I think, uh, a super sleeper, a surprise. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's free on YouTube, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's so, all the old YouTube. Oh, so so worth checking out. More, yeah. I would say more than Boys Town. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's just a better movie, and it's not as ham. It's not as hammy as I mean, Boys Town. I guess is probably on some AFI top list of bloody blah, blah. You know, I doubt it. But Boys Town's good. It's just it's good got to a see. You saw it. It's part of like the, yeah. the canon somehow but mm-hmm. and and driver crooked road is not and i don't know whether it should or should not be but i know that it's it was a, a complete surprise and mm-hmm. it was a, just a well-made movie and and not formulaic i felt no absolutely not no yeah no yeah which is another to me noir 
aspect. Like well, there, there were qualities of the formula that they definitely know, the that they played with, but then <laughs> yeah, you really are. <laughs> I mean, there were qualities of it. Okay, so yeah, she was, but I mean, she was a femme fatale, but she had a heart of gold, which makes her different from the average femme fatale. So yeah, I mean, there are senses that they played with the genre a little bit, but they yeah. didn't they didn't cave into like any of the obvious. Yeah, but I, 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 this is one of those things where it's like maybe there's no answer to it, and, and maybe I even know what the answer is if I want to be generous about it. But like, if I'm thinking about movies where um, a, a character or male character's emotions are played with because he's in love with the woman and it turns out they're using him. Like you can think of the number of films like a name where that happens that no one would think they were noir. Mm-hmm. And, and so to me, I think the reason that you and maybe, maybe everyone who else who watches this movie says noir, even though that, that type of thing happens in non noir is maybe it's like noir. And then you have the mental image of like a fifties car and a gun. Well, okay, that's certainly part of it, but also the, I think fair, one of the char- one of the real characteristics of Nora also is that our is that our hero dies like at the end. That's got to, that's a big part of it, and yeah. so in that sense, it like really sort of closes out Noirish. No, but say. there again, there again, just just because I think it's he, an he gets his revenge and then gets killed in the in but that happens in, in tons of movies that are Noir. Yeah, yeah. So there again, I mean, it, it's somebody. It's, All right, Noir doesn't exist. Yeah. No, but <laughs> this is like no, but uh, this is like the conversation we were having mm-hmm. with someone recently about heavy metal, and in fact. Um, Two days before you and I were having this conversation, a third party joined in on this and, and was talking about uh, it's uh, uh, our friend Curtis's wife, Marisol. Uh-huh. He's he's sort of looking at heavy metal, and she was asking me like, "What exactly is heavy metal?" And I was thinking about it, and it's sort of like, "Yeah, I could name bands, but some of the early work you you listen to it and go like, well, that just sounds like Boston or classic rock, <laughs> you know?" And it's is Soundgarden. Right. Heavy metal? Mm-hmm. No, but I don't know why it isn't. So right. I sympathize with right. the point of view of where you just a person just sort of feels something's noir or not noir, and and noir to me is so feeling laden already uh-huh. in terms of tone. I get so it. That might be part of it. I mean, but like, I just, like you're I'm just curious like, about it. Like what you know? What exactly you know? What makes uh, Maiden metal and ACDC not metal? That's it's just yeah. really the the feelings of the people listening. to But it, I don't I think. think it's arbitrary. I think there is something to be had. So I, I, I not not for this episode, but like whether. It's noir or, or our famous discussion slash argument about the science fiction. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's it's not just to bother you or anyone else that I want to have that conversation. I think there well, there are kind of like that part. Well, that's it. just a benefit. Yeah, but there are there are definitions to be had. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we we typically have them. We just sort of like feel them. Yeah, and I don't think either of us have cared enough to look it up on the internet to find out what exactly that definition is. I, but I, I did try to the same conversation as happens on the internet. You know what is really funny is I did try to look that up in uh, on on the internet science for the relative of the science fiction question, and I the the and the number of answers were stupid. I mean, it was there was nobody really had the, the only person I thought oh. who had a good definition was Neil Gaiman, and I'll, I'd have to I'd have to go refine. Oh, yeah, that. my. I cry. Great singer, and now a science fiction theorist. Not Neil Diamond. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you, obviously. Neil Gaiman or Gaiman? I don't know how it's said. Welcome you like, to America. Yeah, speaking of gay men, welcome. <laughs> uh, that's not an insult. Hello? No, it song. never was, dude. What are you talking about? I don't see not color. An I don't see my... color. All right, Tommy, do you have uh, stuff you want to give the old plugaroo to besides me? No, not at the moment. I don't. I'm okay. doing so. I'm working on that, but at the moment, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the least scintillating plug I've ever heard. Nothing. <laughs> just funny though. Just pull All the plug. Right. Shut up. Hit, hit stop. Jackass. So, Tommy, let me make this clear. You have nothing to promote. I have nothing. I have nothing at all to look forward to at this point in my life. It really is what it comes down to. Yes. I love you, man. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
So it's nothing to promote. Yeah. 